If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now, go. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome to the Comedians Playing Fantasy Premier League podcast with me, John Richardson. And me, Matt Ford. This is the second episode in two days for you lucky people. And later on, we'll be chatting to a very special guest journalist, YouTuber, television presenter and creator of the phenomenal web series Chicken Shop Date. It's Amelia de Moldenberg. But first... How's the festival going, Matthew? Oh, it's good, thanks. I saw a guy in a forest shirt yesterday. Oh, all right. Yeah, I presumed he came to my show. I thought it'd look a bit needy if I went up to him. It's tricky, that, isn't it? I saw uh, a couple of guys out in uh, lead shirts today. One was a child, and uh, I don't think you can really approach a child to say anything just because they happen to be wearing a lead shirt. But one was a guy in his car, and I very nearly sort of shouted, leads, leads, leads. But but you bottled it, you scaredy cat. Felt like a little bit over the top. Well, if I was out there, in, the, in fact, I uh, passed a father and son in London the other week both wearing forest tops, and I went, you're it! And then we stopped and had a chat about it, and it was lovely. I think if I was out there in the wild, but if you're, if you're at an industry festival like Edinburgh, I think yeah. it, would, it would look like he'd go away going, oh, that Matt Ford's so desperate. He was just looking for people in forest kits to go to his show. Yeah, I, uh, I did some work recently with our friend and colleague, Sean Walsh. Legend. Uh, we were walking along the street, and there was standing traffic next to us, and there was a guy on his own in a car in a... Uh, QPR shirt. <laughs> Sean shouted very loud, you ours. And the guy absolutely blanked him. I mean, and I, I, I'll say this for Walshy, he tried again two more times. He shouted it three times and the guy absolutely ignored him. It was hilarious. And do you think the guy was ignoring him on purpose or, or was he a deaf man? No, no, I think he was, I think he was ignoring him purpose. I don't know if he I don't know if he wasn't familiar with the refrain or whether he picked up the shirt in a charity shop and he wasn't really a fan. But I think if you're an adult and you wear a football shirt out, you're sort of you're asking for that, aren't you? I know when I put Leeds Clobber on, what I'm saying is I don't mind chatting to you about Leeds stuff. Yeah, I like it when if you're wearing that, you're basically saying, um, approach me. Approach yeah, me if you you're in, a kindred spirit. I think you you can't dress wacky and then get annoyed when people come up to you. And I think football shirts are the same. They're, they're sort of, you know, I saw Jason Manford uh, Instagramming a picture of him on holiday this week, and he's got Greg's uh, Crocs. You're inviting people to come up to you by the pool and say, all right, steak bake, aren't you? People say that to me anyway. <laughs> yeah, you've got a Greg's complexion. Yeah, I've got, um, I'm full of meat and I've got flaky skin. <laughs> hey, Matt, do you want to talk about uh, football? Yes. What do you make of uh, rumours that uh, the Nottinghamshire Reds are trying to sign Jizz Horncamp? I actually can't believe his name is spelt Jizz like Jizz. I thought it was going to be like <laughs> G-E-U-S, and you're like, oh, it's pronounced Jizz. Nice one. I mean, Jizz was trending on Twitter. 
I mean, the temptation obviously is to get jizz on the back of your shirt. <laughs> now, uh, John, I brought Vinny to Edinburgh. Do you want to hear from him? Oh, not really. I've put him in a drawer by the side of the bed. Hold on. No, of course you have. Not that drawer. <laughs> hey, Jange, it's good to be back. I've been in the dark for many months now. And it's good to be back talking to you, my friends. How are you doing? And how's the FPL? Uh, yeah, well, it hasn't started yet, so thanks for your early expertise. Um, obviously, first game week is next week, but I'll let you off because you've, you've been in the dark. Um, first time in Edinburgh? Yep, first time in Scotland, my friend. So, you know, I've been to the Wembley Stadiums, and now I'm in the Scotland, and I'm enjoying the travel element of the show. I was thinking, maybe me and you could pitch a travel show for maybe the televisions or the podcasts. Mm-hmm. Sort of all male travel shows are, well, I mean, every year until now, to be honest, I was going to say a little bit in 1990s, but a little bit the dawn of comedy until 2021. Okay, then let's scrap that idea. Let's do a cookery show, me and you, and we could do like the, the Harry Bikers, but John and Vinny's big cooking. Yeah, I uh, again, uh, would be wary of a sort of woolen sock in the kitchen. I can just sit at the side making right comments. Casting a sideways glance over the food that you're making. Yeah, I, I'm going to level with you, Vinny. If I'm in the kitchen with a knife and a blender and you're making wry comments, I think episode one will be our last. What a way to go, man. And to be part of TV history with you assassinating me in a knife and blender incident, I think that, you know, life doesn't go on forever. You, sometimes you got to think about this stuff and you go, you know what? For a man who loves showbiz like me, Maybe maybe that'd be a great way, and it would cement my place in history. If I put you in a blender on TV, I, I don't think that would go down in TV history. I think it would make you look like a cruel, cold, mean-hearted person. I think it would reflect badly on you, John. I think it would be the death knell of your career. Yeah, I'm ready. Bring it on, mate. I'm, I'm done. I'm finished. I'm frankly gutted that you're back. I hoped this feature might die a death, but uh, since you're here... Would you like to read an email? And then, with all due respect, back off again. You know what? Um, I know a deal when I see one, so you're on. Here we go. This is from Ollie. Oh, I just lost my place in the document, Jan. Excuse me. I'm just going to scroll down. You can't scroll, can you? I, I imagine your oh. rotten, worn face doesn't register on a, on an Apple mouse pad. You just be careful, dear. We've got change, and I'm going to find it. Here we go. I mean, just the trace of eczema juice leaking through might be some sort of might count as bodily contact I suppose. Yeah, it makes you look like I'm drooling and bleeding from the mouth. It's very uh, uh, level. (laughs) Okay, so this is from Ollie Robinson. You ready? Yeah. Ollie Robinson says, I've got some pun first format later ideas for you. So, here's one. Jacques Khan. Like Jacques Khan. John makes a true or false statement about Granny Jacka, and Matt answers either Jacka can or Jacka can't. <laughs> Thanks for the podcast and laughs. Ollie. Okay, yeah, I don't mind it. Yeah, I like that. Oh, it's another one from Colin. He says, <laughs> wow, here's the pitch. So the, the, the title is called Kevin De Groyner, and it's the funniest reasons for players being out injured. National, European, global. Um... And then he's got a load of others. Kevin DeCoyner, the most bizarre thing a footballer's ever spent money on. Kevin DeLoyner, footballers talking about their favourite cut of meat. Kevin DeDoyner, footballers in their most extravagant <laughs> holidays. And finally, Kevin DeJoyner, footballers and their most interesting jobs pre-football. 
he that's a clever man. I like Garnet. Yeah, I like uh, I, I like the puns. Uh, I don't know how long many of these features can run. I mean, footballers discussing their favourite cut of meat strikes me as one that's probably got half a show in it. Okay, how about I just put my Vinnie Van Der Veet, um like uh, pitching hand on? How about this? We call it Kevin DeLoyna, but instead of having to find out what footballers actually like, we pick a footballer and we just guess what we think their favourite meat is. Okay, well, let's do let's do both of those features then, shall we, since we're here? You, you say a name at me and I'll pick the meat, and then I'm going to give you a possible fact about Granite Shaka. Oh, wow. Okay, sure. Here's a name for you. Jesse Lingard. Oh, uh, chicken breast. Ooh, why you say that? Go on. Very dull. Oh. Just, you know, it's it's the decision of a man who's settled in life. He's just, he's he's basically staring death in the face. It's just, it's high in protein, it's lean in fat, it's, it's easy to cook, you know, just, it's very much the Nottingham Forest of meat. Um, and he'd probably mispronounce it as well. He'd probably call it like chike and breast. I don't, I don't know if any, uh, while Matt's away, we can have some fun. I don't know if you saw the video of Jesse Lingard uh, talking about having signed for Knott's Forest this week. No, I was um, in the cupboard in a plastic bag, but I heard Matt um, growling through the doors. Yeah. He was not happy, man. He was saying, you can't be saying this. This is sacrosanct. He'll, he'll, he'll learn, won't he? It's a, it's a real opportunity, Vinny, actually. I, 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 it's a surprise to me that we've never hit on this possible bonding point. But obviously, with you being here means Matthew isn't here. Yes. You really slag him off while he's not listening. But he's so good to me, John. I wouldn't want a bad man to guy. His appearance or the, the quality of his comedy shows? Mm. Or here's a, here's a task for you then next week. You, you read that email very well. I would like you to come back next week with a searing insult about Matt Ford. So what sort of stuff? Are you looking for kind of like verbosity or just like, oh, the guy's a sweaty fed f***? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wasn't sure what I was looking for until you said it, but the second one. Okay, challenge accepted. I'm going to go now, John. Bye. Bye. Bye, Vincent. See you, mate. How was um, that? Yeah, good. Yeah, I think we're really starting to bond. I think we're finally growing closer. Oh, Vinny was saying that Jesse Lingard put a, put a video out talking about having having signed for Knotts Forest or something. I hadn't heard of it. Nah, no, I'm just stuff like that doesn't get to me anyway. <sighs> anyway, he has suggested a new feature from a listener called uh, Shaka Khan, um, where I, I'll tell you a fact about uh, Granite Shaka, yeah. and you tell me whether it's true or false by saying Shaka Khan or Shaka Khan. Great. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to play it now. Um, so. Yeah, I've got one for you. Um, so uh, Granite Xhaka has an, an older brother who's also a professional footballer uh, whose name is Jean-Jacques. Xhaka can't. Uh, yeah, you're right. But he does have an older brother who is a professional footballer called Tolant, and he plays for Basel and the Albanian national team. Xhaka Khan. That is Xhaka Khan, yeah. So, John, I want you to cast your mind back. The year is 1993, oh, God, and Leeds United follow up winning the league title the previous year by failing to win away from home all season and limp to a 17th place finish, just like last season. Not quite like last season, of course, because we famously won away from home on the last day of the season to stay up. One of the most exciting moments in British football history. But yes, 1993, I remember that as the same year that Brian Clough's remarkable reign at relegated Nottingham Forest comes to what was described as an emotional end. 
Yeah, I'm, I, I'm still not over it. But Roosters Brewing Co. had just hatched, forever changing the shape of beer in the UK and blazing a trail that others will later follow. Originators and innovators of quality New World Pale Ales with an emphasis on flavour and aroma, Roosters beers start to stand out and turn heads amongst a sea of brown beer, with Yankee, the brewery's flagship pale ale, leading the way. Do you want to hear a can of Yankee being opened? Go on. There you go, mate. I'm going to drink it now, and I'm going to raise a toast to Jesse Marsh and the positive influence that all things American can have on the Premier League. It's delicious. Go on, describe the flavour. Um, there's, a, there's a sweetness, but not an overpowering sweetness. It's not too hoppy. It's got a nice maltiness to it, uh, which you, to me you don't get enough of in beer these days. And it's vegan. It's vegan. That's good, right? It's good for me. It's good for the planet. And it's good for all the little animals. And also, it's a good luck charm. I had a cat. I had a few cans of roosters actually before I left the house on Sunday for the Euros final. And England won. Fast forward almost 30 years from 1993, with countless awards having been won along the way. Yeah, but not not for Forrest. Yes, and neither of Leeds. So we are back, both of us, together at the top table of English football, while Rooster's ethos remains the same, to consistently brew quality, easy-drinking and well-balanced beers across a wide variety of styles. Rooster's is a small, independent and family-owned brewery, and we'll also be doing some live shows there at the end of the year. Yes, but what's in it for me, I hear you cry. Well, Roosters have donated £50 worth of beers for the winner of our CPFBL Listener League to be included as part of the overall end-of-season prize. Mm-mm-mm. Head to www.roosters.co.uk and enter the code CPFPL20, that's CPFPL20, at the checkout, and you get 20% off everything, excluding gift vouchers, until the end of September with free shipping on orders over 50 quid. A cluck and collect service is also available if you're local to Harrogate, which you kind of are. I'm local enough and I'm tight enough, so if they're going to give me it for free, I'm going to go to Harrogate. Get down, roosters, mate. We're delighted to be joined by the start of Chicken Shop Day, Amelia de Moldenberg. And Amelia, we have to deal with this first. You were also at Wembley on Sunday for the final, watching England win the Euros for the first time in our history. Did you get as emotional as everyone else? Wow, I was there. I was lucky enough to be there. I didn't, I was, was I emotional? I was emotional, but I don't, I feel like I don't really show that much emotion most of the time. It was just incredible. It was really amazing to be there. A moment of history we witnessed. So I'm very lucky that I was there. Yeah, I guess if you get excited and show emotion, that's, that's basically off brand and, and that might, that might brand. ruin the act. <laughs> I know, and I, I just could, I could get cancelled for showing too much emotion. So, um, so yeah, there was. Luckily, there was no footage. Actually, there was a video. I posted a video of me um, cheering, and loads of people did comment saying, "Wow, you so much emotion." Um, but it was, it was. Yeah, it was if you're going to save your first cheer for one thing, yeah, I think that's that's a good. You know, if you're going to test the waters of being happy about things, it's a good that's one. That's a good one. Amelia, you were presenting on the official Lionesses channel. So you've interviewed so many of the stars, Beth Mead, Ella Toon, who's got that amazing goal, and Lucy Bronze. Of all the, I mean, I'm a massive fan of Lucy Bronze. <gasps> Same. And who impressed you the most? Well, that's a good question. It's been amazing to meet the Lionesses and to, to meet so many of them and to get to talk to them and interview them, get to know them a bit better, and then also at the same time watching them play. I think 
maybe my favorite is Beth Mead. She's just so brilliant, like on and off the pitch. I feel like also we just got on so well and we just, you know, when you meet someone and you just connect straight away and you, it's just very easy to talk to someone. Um, that's kind of the vibe I got with her and she definitely like matched my awkward energy um in interviews which I love and she doesn't take herself too seriously actually all, I'm so impressed by all of the like lionesses that I met like they've all got such good sense of humors like so much more than the men I'm still reeling from the thought that you can talk to someone you've not met before and click instantly and have a sort of <laughs> Yeah. I'll be honest, I've just totally floored me that idea. I'm sorry, John. I know it is it's crazy <laughs> for you to think about that. I know. Yeah. I've got a skill, can I say I'm blessed. You can notice a sort of a clear difference then, can you interviewing the, the lionesses and, and some of the sort of, you know yes. pop top Premier League big shots. Yeah. Your Jesse Lingard. Well, it's funny you say Jesse Lingard Ooh. because Jesse Lingard is maybe one of the ones where there's not a difference because he's just got such a charisma about him and he's so I think he's so naturally funny doesn't take himself too seriously willing to like clearly look at the decisions he's made in his career I'm I'm talking yes I'm talking about as well yeah I mean with yeah maybe it's just me like maybe it's just when he's with me he's just (laughs) but um but yeah no hit him but then I guess with the men they're so well actually the women are also media trained but the men are just under a have been for such a a longer time under a different kind of spotlight and I think that they are incredibly media trained and they are very used to just doing um specific kind of interviews based around football based around the tactics and like (laughs) the thing with me is I kind of rarely talk to them about football so I think often they're taken a bit off guard by my line of questioning which is also why I love love doing it Bernardo Silva looked genuinely scared to have a second chip on the one that you did with him. I mean, I've, I've never yeah. seen anyone so scared of fried food. I mean, it's almost, it's not just like that interview wise, they're not allowed to really say anything. They're not allowed to like eat junk food by the looks of things. I know. I, I think, I, I feel like he did, he just nibbled one and then that was it. To be fair, I, I'm often just nibbling the chips. I, I look down at my, uh, when I'm filming a chicken shop day, I look down at my box and I've just loads of like nib, half nibbled chips and half nibbled nuggets because. I'm like so thinking about the questions I forget to eat. But yeah, he was, I was so surprised by him because so with him, I'd done my research into who he was. I wasn't familiar with him before I started doing the research and writing my questions. And I had no idea like what he'd be like. He didn't also, he hadn't really done that many interviews. And I think that's also why that episode is loved by so many people, because I think it was like one of the first kind of insights into who he is, who his, what his personality is like and the kind of person he is off the pitch and energy that was I didn't expect. I'm going to leave. I'm assuming Ford is going to pause there because as much as I was floored by the idea that you can click with someone instantly, I think he's going to need a few minutes after the idea that you can be so committed to your job that you forget to eat a plate of chicken. <laughs> You're interviewing a lot of footballers now on the new show Fake News where they, they come with facts. Is there anyone who's stood out there who's come straight in You've had, I mean, you've had some phenomenal names, Ollie Watkins and Ruben Loftus-Cheek and Declan Rice. Yeah. Oh, you know who I was so excited to interview? I've been excited to interview all of these players because I just love that show so much. And uh, one that I was most excited for was probably Son because um, he's just he's just loved by everyone. And he, I was so excited to meet him and I'd watched um, a few interviews with him and saw that he had, that he was like super friendly and just had to really like, 
likable energy about him. And he's opening up a global market. Let's be honest. Let's get it out there. What you're thinking there is this really opens up a global tour for me. Here. Yeah, I mean, I could just I could be going to Seoul like any day now, like with the whole yeah, with the whole. Yeah, the that's call. what I was thinking. I'm going to be huge in in the Asian markets. But um, but yeah, he he was amazing. So I was really excited to interview him and his interview was brilliant it's like one actually was one of my favorite interviews and he was also kind of a bit mean to me which I always love and do you break character before or after the interview do you say oh look I'm going to be a bit deadpan either before or afterwards you go oh, thank you so much for that or do you keep the pretense up the whole time um with fake news and with the footballers I'm quite method actually um I don't really get to talk to them at all but it's also because of the way they're like ferried in and out and they've got so many people with them um that like you don't really get to have a chat with them before my producer sort of debriefs them um because they have to be shown uh truths and lies um but then I don't really talk to them before and then afterwards I feel like they're sort of like what the hell did I just do um and then they go and like run off and do like loads of photos posing with football boots and I just wave like <laughs> I'm like bye nice to meet you and they I think they must think like you she is she's a crazy person <laughs> for example my last fake news episode with Jorginho um we brought mini goats well mini goats like small goats baby goats anyway they were small goats um yeah exactly and um so and he was just that was just completely shocking for him that we had and like live animals on set um and I just love that and that's why I love interviewing footballers like even if they're sometimes not you know giving me yeah you know not that energetic or whatever like I just love interviewing footballers because I feel like there's so many interviews with them just talking about the same old kind of things. If you're able to get a footballer, you know, talking about something different or looking at like they're out of their comfort zone or laughing or whatever that is, then I feel like you've really like struck gold in terms of like, yeah. in that way, I love the challenge of being able to like make a seemingly uninteresting footballer like an uh, interesting person in the interview so what you've got i think in that regard is that you're you're sort of their age aren't you because you're 28 and when when i've met footballers doesn't happen very often i feel very much 40 some of the sort of world famous footballers that are like 23 as a fan of football you're like oh i'm gonna become friends with a footballer and then you think Oh no, I'm a I'm a forty year old man talking to a twenty three year old man, and I don't have anything in common with it. Yeah, but I think you have an advantage of like you can if you can make them laugh. Like I actually feel like yeah, I can't do that. You can't do that, but yeah, then you go. Well, you're screwed then. So there you go. I'm also just very different from from a professional footballer. So I think that we have like not that much in common to begin with anyway. Rob, so much more than age, like all different things. Your other show, Fake News, as you mentioned, involves guests giving you a statement that is true. And one, there's a lie. So we're both going to do this for you now, Amelia, and we want you to guess, obviously. Uh, John, do you have yours? Yeah, I do, yes. Uh, True or false, I, and I've already revealed my age, uh, have never been stung by a wasp or bee. Okay, wow. Um, What an interesting fact. Um, (laughs) I would say that you you have never been stung by a wasp or bee. Um, I think you have been. I hope you've been stung by a wasp or bee. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting fact and an interesting anecdote because I hadn't been stung by a wasp or bee until two wow. days ago. 
when I got stung for the first time. I'm turning 40 this year. You've got to do new things, Oh, my it? goodness. So, How, what happened? Where were you? Uh, I was in a pub beer garden with my wife and child, and I decided for the first time in my life, uh, because my daughter is now at an age where I feel like I could really do some damage by showing fear of things, <laughs> and usually my tactic is to run. And that's lasted me 39 years. I've never been stung, and I decided I'm going to do that thing where you say, oh, they're more scared of you, leave them alone, they won't bother you. And I did that and I got stung on the arm and it really hurt. Oh dear, I'm so sorry. Is it? Is, have you recovered? I think I'm okay, yeah. There's, um, there's some PTSD that we're dealing with. Um, that's going to take sort of years of therapy. But uh, the pain itself, I sort of relieved in a way. I thought I was going to be allergic. Um, I wasn't. The, the landlord of the pub brought me some ice uh, and I put it on my arm. Uh, everyone was very nice. Everyone's been really understanding. And I think I've come through a, a, a better and a stronger, and let's be honest, a more interesting person. Definitely more interesting for sure. But how, how bad was the pain? What would you liken it to? Well, if I was doing a, I don't know if you've seen the uh, show Kings of Pain. Well, no. Have you not seen it? Oh my God. You've both got to get on Kings of Pain. It's two guys who travel around the world getting bitten or stung by the most painful or poisonous things on the planet. So that they put a tarantula on their arm. There's one where they get like Komodo dragons. Uh, there's one where they get a, a python and it takes a big chunk out of their arm. It's, it's crazy it's, what people commission because I've been trying to get a TV show commissioned for years and I still can't, but they will commission stuff like this. Yeah, it's very much of its time, by which I mean two or three years ago, <laughs> where it's just two blokes. And they sort of, what's, there's a sort of homoerotic element where whilst what, some of the stings go on a long time, so some of the animals sort of latch on, and while they're in pain, they sort of look at each other and there's a real burning passion in their eyes and they sort of, they, they sort of express the pain to each other. Maybe I'm reading elements in it that don't need to be there, but there's a doctor sort of on standby who comes in and says, oh, that looks nasty. And then they rate the pain on sort of intensity, duration, and damage. So how bad it was, how long the pain lasted, and whether there's any permanent damage. I mean, it, I, honestly, Google it now. It, the the sort of standout clips. It is insane watching people on telly. I don't want to give away too much about myself. Anyone who's seen my work, I don't do a lot of stunts. Uh, <laughs> cats this countdown or anything like that. But there's been times I've been told I wanted to have a singer as a mascot on one, and I was told I couldn't have them during COVID because while they were singing, they might project spit. And that was unsafe. So it's it's insane to watch two men literally rile up a python and then stick their hand in front of it until it bites them. Well, maybe um, I'll watch that tonight then. There are millions of delinquent men across this island that will really identify with this. You know, when men get bored and drunk and they hit each other with bricks <laughs> and with uh, bottles and things. There'll be millions of them watching this going, that's what me and you do on a Saturday night. Yeah, it's jackass with an immense carbon footprint is what it is. They like, go to the jungle. You watch them catch the animal and then you watch them get uh, stung by it and then they sit around the campfire at the end and they sort of chat about how much it hurt. I mean, it sounds great. Maybe you two could do the uh, following series. Maybe you could bring it back. Yeah, we could do a British version. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. But like uh, how boring things can be. We'll go to the opposite end of the spectrum. We'll do the most boring things. Or we'll just try and get like bitten by a doormouse or by classic British wildlife. Yeah. Well, I've, I've already done the wasp, so there's not... I've been stung by a weaver fish. I don't think I've ever been stung by anything. Wow. I know. I feel good now. I feel really sort of strong and brave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, Matt, true or okay, false? I've done, it, I've done it a different way. I've got two statements. One is true, one is false. Okay. Is that okay? So here are the two statements. Statement number one, one of these is true, one of these is false. 
For many years, I was convinced that dogs hated me because I was a fan of Thundercats and I thought they could somehow sense it. Statement number two, I caught a seagull with one hand. Wow. <laughs> why would you be cat? I'm trying to think of why you would be catching a seagull with one hand. Like, did they did they steal a chip or something? Okay, so me? I obviously don't want to. I don't want to give you. Um, I don't want to lean any one way. But yes, in a potentially hypothetical or factual scenario, um, one might be consuming food, maybe in a seaside town, and when a seagull swooped, might have raised an arm to defend yourself and actually caught it by the neck almost by accident. Wow, that's impressive. Mm. I feel like that one has to be true then. I'm afraid it's false. What? <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> what? I had I was visualizing that. I know. That was epic. It was the power of storytelling, Damn. man. <laughs> and what's the other one? I don't even know what a thundercat is apart from the musician. Oh, that's so embarrassing. Oh, there we go. There's the 40-year-old yeah, vibes kicking big, in again. Big right, cartoon granddad. when we were kids called Thundercat. Oh, right. Okay, cool. Good. Well, you've got two projects then when we finish this. You can go and watch some Thundercats and some Kings of Pain. Yeah, absolutely. Lucky me. Woo! <laughs> I did. I was going to do one um, that was true or false. I saw on one of your shows you eat a chicken nugget, a lab-grown chicken nugget. So a chicken nugget develops entirely from cells taken from a living bird. So genetically constructed chicken. So would that be like a vegan nugget? Well, that's the big ethical debate. No chicken was um, killed in its manufacture. In theory, from that one cell, you could create infinite chicken nuggets. So is that vegan chicken mm. or is it still flesh? That's a good question. thing is, if you've got tofu, you don't need to muck about with it, do you? There is no, there's no comparison between a tofu nugget. You know what drives me mad about you is you, you go on these campaigns and, and you, you talk me into it, right? Part of the reason I eat more tofu now is because of you. And now I'm into it. You're like, oh, it's rubbish. You told me that it was no different to chicken. You told me all I was missing was salt. And, and the same with dogs. For years, you're like, oh, you're pro-dog, you're pro-dog. <laughs> then I was like, you know what? I want to get a dog. And I remember a few years ago, you go, no, it's unethical. They're all bred to order. There's too many dogs in the world. I was like, what? <laughs> Just as you convinced wow. me, you change your mind. It drives me mad, John. Stirring the pot. True or false, I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> Should we answer? Yeah, true. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think the answer is already hanging out there. While uh, while we've got the opportunity, then are there any footballers that we can help uh, put you in touch with, or is there a footballer you haven't managed to get hold of that you'd love to for the uh, for the show? What teams do you guys support? I support Nottingham Forest, and I support Leeds United. Oh, so Calvin's gone I now. I was sad that he yeah, left. I knew that was coming. But yeah, um, I'm afraid the player that you want, I can no longer get you. Yeah, because I was going to say, love Calvin. Um, and then, oh my God, well, I've already done a chicken shop date with Jesse, who's now at um, Nottingham yeah. Forest, isn't he? Yeah, I love um, that. I actually so. don't, he is, yeah, Notts Forest. I actually don't really know many of the other players from Nottingham Forest. That's cool. Uh, you soon star? will. You soon will. Brennan Johnson. Brennan Johnson is a star. Okay. You'd yeah. like him. Okay. Yeah, he's cool. Okay, cool. You'll see their names in the papers, followed by the words... Pledges his commitment to Forrest despite relegation battle. Oh. What a git. It's just not going to happen. Don't listen to him. We're going to take the Premier League by storm and everyone knows it. Yeah, I'm excited to see what Jesse's going to do. Thank um, you. Or like how it's going to play out. Like, that's exciting. Who, who else would I want to get? I really want to get Jack Grealish. Yeah, I'd love to do a chicken shop date with Jack Grealish. I think he's he'd be amazing. He's such a heartthrob these days, which is my type. So, um I think he'd be brilliant. And he just seems so like unintentionally funny <laughs> um, that I think he'd be a brilliant guest 
else would I love to get? Um, I don't know if you know that Matt Ford is one of our country's leading impressionists. Um, I'm pretty yes, sure I, you can I do, do know it. that. Can you do a Jack Grealish? Okay, yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I um, I, I was once sick on the waltzers uh, and, uh, and then went straight back on them. That is hardcore of you, actually, yeah. um, because once you be sick on the waltzers, you kind of don't want to go back on at all ever again, really. I did. I I, I liked the uh, spinning. Okay. Um, <laughs> you got a very deep voice. Very very deep. More deep than I remember. Yeah, I've been at Lineker's in Ibiza and I've yeah, been kind. Um. Okay. Well, I think maybe that that's probably true because I feel like you're quite the legend so that's probably something you would do you just get back on the waltzer yeah i'd had loads of donuts as well so it was very thick <laughs> the vomit was very thick <laughs> yeah it came out like cake mix and uh, uh matty cash said uh, that's sick and i didn't know whether he meant it in a good way or a bad way it's not bad that's quite that's just generic that's birmingham minute let's be honest there's a bit of frank skinner in there very very thick. I, i'm hunched over a, a Coffee table. With... <laughs> glass one, is it? It is actually a glass coffee table. Yeah, I'm just in some apartment in Edinburgh, man. Pay the bills in Edinburgh. <laughs> so are you excited? Are you excited for the new season to start? When does it start? Start this weekend? Yes. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. We've not been in the Premier League for 23. I mean, the last time we were in the Premier League, you were five. Yeah, I was five. I don't remember it. What, how come? Because I wasn't really following the Championship. Why this year did, did Nottingham Forest get... Um, go up to the Premier League, what happened? Mainly because of Steve Cooper, the manager. So our, our season started very badly under Chris Hooten. We fired him. And then Steve Cooper, who was a genius, turned things around in under a season. And um, obviously the, the owners and everything, the, the work that's gone on behind the scenes, but no one deserves more credit than, than Steve Cooper. That's so incredible that he did that in under one, well, if he, like in a season that he managed to do that. Because I, did you watch, John, did you watch the Leeds United documentary? Take us home, yeah, yes. Yeah, because I, I guess that's sort of what they wanted to sort of happen with, um, what was he called, the manager? The manager? Marcel I'm over it. Yeah, when he arrived, I feel like they thought, okay, he's going to turn everything around in one season. Well, he's a really interesting case in point, actually, because he did turn things around, but not, uh, for, from a fan's point of view, not really in terms of the promotion. It's obviously massively important is what we wanted. But he turned it around in terms of what a fan experience of going to a game is and engaging with their team is. And that's what I think is interesting about right. the Forest thing. It's actually a nice point for us to conclude on because we began talking about, obviously, England, the Lionesses winning the tournament and all that is good about the women's game and the chance they have to build that game now and not make the mistakes of the men's game. And then you asked, why did Forest come on? And what they did is get an owner with lots of money, sign a borderline illegal number of players, and then any manager that wasn't working immediately, they sacked until it finally worked. True or false? False. Lies. Fake news. Crap. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure talking to you. The big takeaway is, of course, Jesse Lingard, of all footballers, has great sense of humour, and that's self-evident from where he's chosen to end his career uh, but thanks so much for your time good luck with uh, everything going forward and uh, thanks for joining us thank you so much guys it's been a pleasure and yeah bring on next season cheers Amelia thank you so much uh, don't forget you can follow comedians playing fantasy premier league on twitter instagram facebook get in touch hello at cpfpl.com and we'll see you next time bye bye